Hey guys, welcome back to the Teen Life Podcast, where we equip, encourage, and empower the helpers of teenagers. Hey, I'm Chris Roby, and this is my co-host, Carly Duke. Hey guys. How are you, Carly? I'm doing great today. How are you? Awesome, awesome. So today, we're going to jump into another topic of the unexpected, and we get this phone call a lot, where a parent of a teenager finds out that their student is abusing some kind of substance, whether it's alcohol or drugs or both, and doing things that are really damaging to them and all the things that tend to come along with substance abuse of deception and lying and really a a loss of trust between the parent and the child. And very much in a lot of cases, it's, I never would have thought my child would go through this. Right. And this is really reflected in this interview with Amy Duprang and Ross Van Gorder. So you heard the interview. You weren't here for this one. But no, I wasn't here for this one, yeah. but this, I've already heard it, and y'all are in for a treat today, mm-hmm. of once again, a topic that is difficult and not easy, and I think you'll even hear in it some things that they didn't even realize at the time were going on. Like, mm-hmm. you even are going to hear some raw pieces of, wait, that happened? Mm-hmm. I didn't realize. Wait, you were doing that? Mm-hmm. And so I think that's so cool that they were willing to sit down a mom and son and have this conversation even years after, but still willing to be vulnerable and to even realize some of the impact that they didn't realize was happening at that time. Well, and it's crazy too, because I was connected with the story loosely. I was kind of mentoring Ross through some of this time. And as the one interviewing there's a lot of things he said I had no idea about Mm -hmm. and stuff that he was kind of pulling over on me as he was using. And, you know, there's definitely a happier ending to this story if you listen through, but they went through some very difficult times as a family. And I feel like Amy really had a lot of wisdom she shared through this of, you know, what does she do? Who does she reach out to? What attitudes does she have with her child who was being so deceptive at the time Mm -hmm. and going through those kinds of stresses. So, Check out this interview with Amy and Ross. We really appreciate their courage jumping on here. And after our message from our sponsor, we'll jump in with the interview. This is the university for us, for those who seek excellence, the highest standard of excellence, for those who will work relentlessly as if working for the Lord, This is the university for those who aim to glorify God in all they do. This is the university for you. Lubbock Christian University. Amy Ross, welcome. Thanks. Yeah, thank you so much for for being on the podcast and sharing your story. And, um, so let's just get into this. Uh, let's talk a little bit about y'all's story. Um, so uh, who should we start with? I'll start with Ross. All right. All right. So tell us a little bit about your story, just kind of to catch us up on um, uh, kind of your uh, experience with, with drugs and substance. And, yeah. And totally. Take it away. Um, so I began using drugs. Seventh grade. Seventh grade. Um, Am I allowed to say that? Sorry. Seven, sorry. What's that? Am I allowed to interject and say <laughs> yes, seventh please grade? Do. Okay, please okay, do. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I was in seventh grade. Uh, just started smoking marijuana. Uh, got caught by my buddy's uh, parents. Mom. His mom. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Um, and mom got a phone call from In the middle of her, the night. In the middle of the night. And her 
ex-husband came over who is an FBI agent. So I got interrogated as a seventh grader. Uh, and lied so, straight through your teeth. It's yeah, true. Yeah. I believed him. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, seventh grade. Yeah, seventh FBI. grade. I like that. Um, so I took a little bit of a break there for a little while. Um, but then I, uh, whenever I hit high school, um, started to smoke, smoke a lot more marijuana, a lot of more marijuana. Um, <laughs> there's no, there's, there's no great way to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like yeah. Um, drinking a lot, began to party. Um, yeah, I kind of jumped into that lifestyle yeah. as a freshman, hanging out with a lot of older kids. Okay. Um, yeah, um, my sophomore year, I began to use harder stuff like uh, cocaine every once in a while. Um, I began to use a lot of painkillers, prescription mm -hmm. painkillers, um, clonopin, um, which is another kind of mood suppressing mm -hmm. uh, drug. Uh, just basically I kind of was looking for anything I could get high off of whenever mm -hmm. I was in 10th grade. Mm -hmm. Um, so that ended me up in a rehab facility, uh, mm -hmm. where I got treatment for my, uh, drug use, um, and also my anxiety as well. Gotcha. Okay. So I'm going to pick up with Amy here. Let's, let, let's intersect these two stories here. Let's talk about that phone call. <laughs> well, we had, and I'm not going to go a lot into it. Our older son had had, I knew there was some marijuana use and we were kind of been actually reaching out to teen life and talking mm -hmm. to Ricky Lewis. I mean, we had mm -hmm. reached out for different things, but I, I wasn't expecting my seventh grader um, at the time. Um, he had asked to spend the night at Chase's house mm -hmm. and, his good friend that we've known since since he was two to spend the night also I had a little bit of a like I wanted to make sure I reached out to her mom his mom and talked to her and made sure she had my phone number mm -hmm. but I didn't say no I said well if I can trust you you know you can go and um still believed that that bag of marijuana was Chase's hmm. because that was clearly what he had told me and nothing had happened prior and mm -hmm. he told the FBI interrogation <laughs> situation also that was the situation and I, I did choose to believe him I didn't believe he was in a good situation but mm -hmm. I did choose to believe he wasn't at least using at the time right so that that's hard yeah. you want to believe the best and I look back and he even told me something else earlier today as we talked reviewing it that I didn't know it was another lie. And so there was just a lot of lies and I didn't know to yeah. not believe him. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. So that's, that's rough. That's, yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that, that's a rough deal. Um, so Ross, tell me what, what made just thinking back, what made using a good option for you? Yeah, totally. Um, I did not like school. Mm -hmm. I basically wanted to numb myself. Mm -hmm. um, I would say I began using because I, yeah, I, I like hated school 
and I wanted um, nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think I was just like searching for something the next, like, you know, I found that in getting high all mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. Um, I used a lot all throughout my uh, 10th grade year. I mm-hmm. would just about every day mm-hmm. um, just break free from, you know, school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you and feel life, like life at, in general? Well, at the time, yeah. did it feel like that's that worked? Yeah, for yeah. sure. I yeah. felt like I could just escape for a little bit, um, you know, go home at night, take, go to sleep escape the next day and Mm -hmm. then the next day and then the next day Mm -hmm. um escape responsibilities and everything like that Mm -hmm. absolutely so let's talk a bit about the relationship with you guys um because i feel like that's what people really navigate through when Mm -hmm. when drugs are included here so talk about y'all's relationship during that especially that 10th grade year um it was it was strained definitely um I think it was hard just to deliver boundaries and consequences that needed to be there, mm. but also provide grace and for a fresh start. Mm-hmm. And I think that was that that balance. Like I can't keep him in my house forever and not mm-hmm. have someone around, but I also had to have him do his life, and, you know. And I mean, that was that balance was just really hard. And um, we hadn't sent this yet, but we, his dad and I divorced when we were, when he was seven. And mm-hmm. so we were delivering, we had 50, we had 50, 50 custody back then. And we were having to deliver information and consequences mm-hmm. and all uh, of that between the households. It complicates things. Yeah. yeah especially yeah. with 50, yeah. 50. I mean, mm-hmm. we needed to be both on the same page. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that was, that was rough. I won't say that we had a bad yeah. I don't think we ever had a a really bad relationship. It was just hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just a hard relationship. Yeah, for sure. And I think as a parent feeling betrayed mm-hmm. is hard. I mean, when your child's betraying you. I mean, you love them unconditionally yeah. and then they're you find out they are just flat out lying to you mm-hmm. or I'm he we can I mean, we may talk about this later, but his last hurrah was a party at my our house when we were out of town mm-hmm. and he was staying at his dad's and his dad had a what do you want to say it's the holy spirit or a conscience you know that he needed to go check our house and he there was marijuana beer everything at my house and ross had been calling me on the phone saying mama have you left yet are you on the plane yet and had the party that day oh. that I mean, that was like, that That really was the hardest betrayal. Right. So, because right. it was my home, my trust, and I mean, he wasn't supposed to be there anyways, yeah. you know. So, that that just, that's hard, I think. Well, and uh, it sounds like a common theme with, with this, and I, I just talking to people who've dealt with similar situations, it's with drugs and substance mm-hmm. abuse comes lack of trust, mm-hmm. and uh, they just kind of walk hand in hand with this whole thing. Yeah. Did you feel like you were being deceptive when you were... Oh, and yeah. that's situ- I mean, were you were you aware? Or was it just some something that I, I don't know? I mean, just, I'm curious about that. Yeah. Um, I I knew that I was being deceptive. It felt like second nature. Mm-hmm. Um, just me being a teenager to my mom, I felt like it was very normal for me to lie to her. 
um, yeah, that was like my normal. Right. Right. So do you feel like it, it was being, did you, did you justify it? Uh, I'm a teenager. This is what I was, this is just what we do. Or is this, I mean, or did you justify it at all? Or was it just kind I of, didn't, I didn't really justify it. I yeah. just kind of, yeah, I just kind of did it just because I, I was rebellious a lot. Mm-hmm. I was really rebellious as a, as a teenager. Right. So, well, it's, I, th- I think for the, the listener, it's good to try to get a peek in the teenage brain, you know, I mean, yeah. obviously you're not there anymore, but, yeah. but you're, you're close to it. I mean, yeah. this wasn't terribly long ago for you. And so like two, three years ago. Yeah. 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 And obviously things have gotten a lot better oh, yeah. between you guys. Definitely. And that's why we asked you guys to <laughs> have this conversation. But I think, I think it's fascinating just kind of maybe, you know, where, where you are on that. Um, I'm gonna have to edit this real quick. Sorry, my, I, lo- I lost my my notes and it relies on my face Very to good. open this up. <laughs> There's some in the front here. So, um, so how did this uh, how did this affect your relationships? Not just you know, just in general. Yeah, totally. Um, I I was talking to my mom earlier. Uh, we talked about that a little bit, like my relationships with like my friends and family. Um, Basically, my friends, um, they weren't really doing the same things I was doing. I was doing, like, these hard drugs on my own. I was abusing in that way. Um, My friends told me, like, uh, maybe, like, a year and a half ago that they had an intervention with me, like, sat me down, talked to me but it was while I was high and I don't remember it at all. I have no, no recollection. Um, which is hard to hear, Mm -hmm. um, just from where I am now compared to that. Um, my relationship with family, um, I just, I wouldn't, we didn't really talk that much. I mean, um, I didn't like my brother, my dad, not, great relationships there mm-hmm. during that time mm-hmm. now that has changed um and like anytime i had to go to like a family event like i would like pop a pill or two um just to get through it because mm-hmm. um, i just didn't want to be there mm-hmm. and so i would use drugs as my escape from not just school but like family events life everything in general mm-hmm very interesting. So, Amy, what about you guys? So, the relationships, you know, you guys dealing with this and the relationships in your life mm-hmm. outside of Ross. It, what well, did I do? <laughs> it was strange. And I was going to say, especially because I remarried and a stepdad coming into this, not knowing when to step in too much, he would step in or he would not step in enough. Mm-hmm. Cause he wasn't their dad, but he needed to be that authority in our house. And, and they, they resented it when he stepped in too much. Mm-hmm. And that's when they would say, you know, hurtful things. There was hurtful things both ways. Right. That was tough. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then stress of have, you know, having, having to talk to their dad a, a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that just brings up a lot of issues and it's really hard it's hard to do that after you're divorced to do Absolutely. that oh yeah i'm sure that's that that compli- that's that complicating factor is so 
unique in the situation for sure. And then one thing, I don't know if this would be good to talk about here is just, we are fairly transparent people Mm -hmm. and we really tried to share on a minimal base, not overshare, but what was going on with our children because we felt like they're spending time with other people and we've got other families that are dealing with some of the same things. And, um, we got some, um, pushback on that. Um, some people just wanted to hide that their child was going through something and didn't want anyone else to know. Mm -hmm. Um, but I felt like if we all could have been open that we could have come around and known a little more what was going on. And I actually have had two different moms come back to me and say, I judged you at the time in my head that you told me about your children. Mm-hmm. And now I'm coming to you because my child is huh. smoking marijuana regularly. And I was the person they, that they knew they could come to. Yeah. So that was an interesting um, situation. But that's, you know, I think that's gotta be a hard part as a parent dealing with this is feeling judged by other mm-hmm. Especially in the church. I mean, you yeah. can, I mean, we were, I was going to say that's one thing we were, they were, he was steadily involved in our youth group all through all of that. Mm-hmm. And then he got involved with Young Life. So, I mean, he, he did, he had some good influences around him. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much they knew at the time. Yeah. I don't know. How, I really don't know. We shared some, you know, but mm-hmm. tried to have, I don't know, those boundaries. Mm-hmm. And to share that they were struggling, but also that we wanted him to, you know, them to talk directly mm-hmm. about it. Um, so I think that and I think but our we had a really good community at our church when Ross was going through everything and they really came around us and all the men actually met with Ross and talked to him and their their dad came too mm-hmm. and so it was kind of a group of men come, was that? you don't well maybe you weren't in a good place uh, yeah Barry and Gary all of them talking to you? Uh, yeah, I don't remember that. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. they, all, they all met with you, and your dad <laughs> decided to come to you, yeah. and yeah. they all talked to you. And um, So things were, I mean, things were pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember that ever happening. Yeah, that's really interesting. Barry Davis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you really don't. Yeah, I really don't. Mm. Okay, sorry. That was a little <laughs> growl. <laughs> No, I mean, that's, Sorry. and just, just for the listener, you know, as, as we've, I, when we started, or when we talked about this and, you know, even as you sitting down, you know, y'all have had a lot of conversations mm-hmm. just leading up to mm-hmm. this that have, you know, mm-hmm. hopefully been helpful. No, it's yeah. been really good. Yeah. 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 It's been really so, good. so let's talk, there's a lot of ways I want to go. Just okay. so you know, okay. this yes. is, but we'll, we'll just, it. yeah. <laughs> so, um, talk about Amy, um. You find out seventh grade. What did you decide to do? Like, you're like, this is kind of what, how we're going to handle this. Well, I believed he wasn't doing that at mm-hmm. first. So, so, but when you found I didn't out, no, but true, then finding out that it yeah. was true, I it's hard to remember like how exactly that we went about all of it. I yeah. mean, felt like tried to give we were trying to give more boundaries Mm -hmm. i mean just that we knew what he was doing limiting we did have his trust had to come in and we had to pull in the boundaries because the trust was broken right and then we um 
we sought, were able to seek out some counsel from different, we had some counselors that were friends. We had some people that were friends mm-hmm. that from Teen Life and mm-hmm. Chris and you, and just a few different people just trying to find out what do we do. And I, I honestly don't think that, I don't think we knew it was as bad as he just described. Mm-hmm. Like when he says all that, I didn't know. I mean, mm-hmm. I still didn't. I didn't know until right this moment about mm-hmm. a few of those things. But we didn't know how bad it was until the crisis point came. And that was when we were told that we should take him to Sundance Rehab. It, we, I'm saying, and I was, as I was talking to my dad last night, just re, re, just kind of rehashing. And he said, I, I think that for us, it had to come to a crisis and I don't who know told, if that who, makes sense. Who, who, to, who told you that that would? Well, I, we didn't say this part. We um, did go to a child psychiatrist, and she oh, okay. was great at Cook Children's Hour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, she, we were going for his anxiety because it mm-hmm. was bad. I mean, it was produced as anxiety right. from the outside, and for we, sure. and then he was also feeling he had attention deficit, which I hopefully that wasn't just to get medicine, but I don't mm-hmm. know that part. Um, mm-hmm. But we had visited with her one time and then when it was our time to come back um that was when he ross confessed to me on mother's day that right after church right after church um at our home that he was regularly using alcohol and the prescription drugs and had taken them from me and his dad mm-hmm. and um i was also not in the right state of mind either you weren't at that point oh i didn't mm-hmm. know that I used that morning before church. Yeah. He was making excuses to not go to church. I mean, there were things that were starting school, church, he was pulling away from. Mm -hmm. But we brought that to the doctor, and she said, this is more than what once-a-week counseling is going to take care of. Right. So, What was, do you, Ross, do you remember what precipitated that confession to your mom? Um, We had one of our friends that went to our church, um, he was a homeless man prior um, prior and mm-hmm. he shared with us um just a little bit of his story about how substance abuse really took his really took him away um and made him end up on the streets and so as i was hearing that i just got flooded with like this feeling like i was going to jump out of my skin like i was so stressed out i got so scared um and i was like I don't want to end up like that. Hmm. I don't want drugs to take away my life, like take away what I live for and like, yeah, everything, um, a place to stay, um, Mm -hmm. to be addicted to those things. Um, so yeah, I pulled my mom into her bedroom while Bill was still there. While he was still there. Um, and I told her everything. Um, she extended a lot of grace upon me, but also I was grounded and stuff like that, like mm-hmm. any normal parent should There were still consequences. There, there were still yeah. consequences yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, but I just thought of it in a way of like, here's me getting in trouble again, you know, didn't really think anything of it, like where I would have to end up in a facility. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not expecting that. Right, right. So just 
you were you had used that morning and you were probably altered a little bit when he was talking about that yeah. and that's fascinating to me i'm sorry that's just that is fascinating well and, and can i just say i mean i feel like i mean it was totally a god appointment we were yeah, it was mother's true. day mm-hmm. and they had both some reason mm-hmm. said they didn't want to go to church that morning so mm-hmm. they had made this whole lunch for me to come home to and we happened to see bill and we've developed a friendship with him and he we said hey are you doing anything today and we'd never had him over before Mm -hmm. and he came home with us and had lunch with us and i said hey can you share a little bit about your life and that's when he shared so that's incredible that's (laughs) really cool yeah i never (laughs) never knew that part of the story so that's incredible so to at the risk of going too long yeah. here, yeah. let's talk a little bit about, you know, the turnaround. Totally. Your, 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 that's your that's part this. of the story. Yeah, so talk about that a little bit. And I want to hear, obviously, from yeah. Amy's side, too. Um, so after my after I went to my facility, I finished out 10th grade there. Um, probably the only reason why I finished out 10th grade there. I actually, like, finished 10th grade was because I was there. And I took all my finals there and was able to, you know, get a little outside help mm-hmm. um, for my notes. Mm-hmm. But, um, and so after I got out, um, the drugs weren't the problem anymore. Um, I learned enough to, and knew that I shouldn't be doing those. But an alcohol became the problem. Mm-hmm. And that became something that I abused readily. Um, almost every day, um, until the summer before my senior year, where I was actually, since I've been involved in the church, I was actually signed up for a mission trip, um, with, uh, my church to El Salvador. And, um, I, I went to one of the meetings because, um, like a week prior, I, Decided that I wanted to quit drinking. I thought, you know, hey, um, I feel very childish. It was right after I got caught um, throwing that party at my mom's house. Um, so I tried to quit on my own. And then that's where I realized I had a problem with drinking mm-hmm. um, because I couldn't quit on my own. Um, and so I went to one of the meetings before my trip to El Salvador. And we, pra- we they told us that we were going to practice sharing our testimonies. And that was the first time I ever told someone my entire story. Mm-hmm. And um, I let them know that I didn't feel like I was at a, I was at a good place with God. Um, grew up in the church. Like, I accepted Christ when I was seven. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never truly believed, um, like, that he was my savior until that time, mm-hmm. until I told my story. Um and he turned my world around. Mm-hmm. Um, like, uh, after I gave my life to Christ, I, yeah, my entire life did a 180. Hmm. And I began to pursue him um, instead of these, these worldly things that I was focused on. Um, and, yeah, I started chasing after him. Yeah, yeah. That's so, so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And you have, he hasn't had any setbacks no. since that point. I mean, so. Talk about it from your point of view. Yeah. I mean, when you saw, when you saw, when 
this uh, exact same thing from your, yeah. from your point of view? Um, I was going to take back a couple of steps. Um, Ross tended to get caught, which was a good a thing. He got caught a lot. <laughs> Quite and yeah. he did get caught by the um, yeah. police mm-hmm. with alcohol in his sonic cup mm-hmm. at a football game. Mm-hmm. And I mean, junior a, year. His junior mm-hmm. yeah. So, I mean, that's a ticket. I mean, it's a consequence. Right. We had to go, as parents, go to Metro, mm-hmm. the um, alternative school, and have a hearing to find out how long he was ha- going to have to go there. The the boy from previously was also involved, so they were there together, and so we got to meet the FBI dad again. Mm-hmm. Um, not saying that person at all is a pro- those that's not him at all. Right. It's the combination probably is not mm-hmm. great, but we had to face all of that again. Um, they did not get a hard enough consequence. They had to go for one day mm-hmm. at Metro and then go back to school. So right. just to put that in there, just the getting caught, and there is. There is consequences that happen along yeah. the way. Mm-hmm. Um, For sure. And then um, I'm just trying to think of all, like through all that. I was going to say a couple of things. Like also I saw along the way Ross had liked to confess things to me, which was great. But he got home from Young Life Camp one year. And it was earlier on before, after ninth grade, he confessed all of his drug, I mean, more alcohol and drug use to me at that point. Mm-hmm. So we kind of had these times of him mm-hmm. unloading, but then we'd go back again, Come like back he said, it, yeah. trying to, on his own strength, just to keep going mm-hmm. back to things. Um, and then um, the the last part, I mean, the like the last, the June of 2015, right, mm-hmm. was the Cabo, when we were in Cabo and he was at our house and, that was, I was just, I was so mad. I mm-hmm. was just so, that was my big betrayal. I was so mad mm-hmm. at him for that. So I kind of went from that point to him coming back and then him going to go to El Salvador, which he was going to go either way, probably, you know, wherever he was, right. but yeah. him coming back and telling me about his time with Graham that night and that he, his life was I mean, he was fully surrendering everything instead of trying to do it on his own. Mm-hmm. And then I got to really hear that story from Graham unsolicited. We were at the same of fireworks on, at the garden, concerts at the garden, and he right. was there and he was just telling me about this transformation that he actually physically saw in Ross. Did you the, believe it at the time? I, I mean, I, I think, <sighs> yes, but there's still that pit in my stomach yeah. that's yeah. still there. Um, but it, I saw a crazy, like he started reading Christian books and like mm-hmm. reading, which he didn't read before. Yeah. Wow. I mean, he was just yeah. like Indeed. turned around and then his, his whole senior year, I mean, he started serving with the net here in Fort Worth with people experiencing homelessness and with men against sexual exploitation. I mean, just, saw this service and this mm-hmm. pouring out of his life, which was definitely, he was so selfish prior mm-hmm. and so self-centered that it was definitely a huge heart change in, in him. I mean, that was like a, yeah. a major, major situation. Um, it was freeing though. It was very freeing to have yeah. trust. I mean, to feel like I could have that trust again. Absolutely. So, absolutely. So, um, 
let's let's wrap this up a little bit. Cause I want I want to hear. I'm hoping people who listen to this are getting some hope. Get some hope. Yeah, I want to get hope. <laughs> I mean, because I I I, I, w- I would hear that from your story is mm-hmm. hope. I'll ask both of you guys um, if you're talking to someone who's going through this from your perspective, and I'm sure you've talked to people before. But you're on a podcast now. You're talking to a lot more people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Ross, what would you say to uh, a teenager who's in the thick of this thing? And it's it's hard. It's hard because I was there and I knew that it was difficult to hear anything from anyone that wanted to speak truth into me mm-hmm. or um, share their own struggles or something like that. Um, what I would say to someone that's experiencing that right now, um, it's just not worth it. It's mm-hmm. not in the end. I, you know, tried just about everything, all these different things. Um, at the end of the day, I felt sad, depressed. Um, I was able to escape, escape for a day, but then I would just be back into where I was sad depressed anxious Mm -hmm. um just about school and life and everything that fell in that fell into that um Mm -hmm. so it's it's not worth it and what i would say is that like i had all of this counseling all these different things um that did not work for me Mm -hmm. i um you know, began to stop using and stuff like that, but it didn't, there was no full transformation until the Lord intervened. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, just seek after the Lord. Yeah, absolutely. That's where I found my freedom. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. What what would you say to a parent who's going through this? Like on a, just on a more, emotional level not a practical really either right? way, either yes. way. Well, start, I have start, a, start where you want to start okay yeah. well she's got she's got great notes in front uh, of her i know i have so really good um, I, I don't have any yeah, i know that's the story of our lives <laughs> freewheeling over here yeah well my encouragement my like m- emotional encouragement is just to pursue your child even though you feel hurt by them you're mad at them all those things yeah. just to really pursue them and pursue time with them one-on-one, um, to believe the best, but to investigate. I mm-hmm. mean, you still have to know truthfully that they're teenage. I mean, you can't believe every single thing they're saying and think mm-hmm. your child would never do that. And I think that's what I would say is like never be in a position of thinking my child would never do that or judging another person, but being okay where you're at and dealing with it, seeking outside help because you don't know, you don't know the answer seeking people that have, wise training in that mm-hmm. area having those people being vulnerable enough to have those people come alongside you to support you and pray for you and and love on you and um i think though to to have that hope this isn't the rest of their life it feels horrible at this moment mm-hmm. but we can have hope that he that this is going to pass <laughs> and i mean yeah. it may not but that hopefully that it's going to and to see um, I had the scripture, Proverbs sixteen nine. the heart of man plans his ways, but the Lord establishes his steps. And mm-hmm. just clinging on that, that I can plan every way for my child. I would have never chosen this route. 
-hmm. But this route has made him who he is today and has made him love the man experiencing homelessness, love the person going through different things, made him reach out to his friends that are Mm -hmm. going through. He has a lot of wisdom and is able to have those um, really, I mean, reach out to a wide variety and not be in a point of judgment or anything like that. So that's been super cool to know that God can use all those hard grooves in our life Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. make something really beautiful and to cling to that. And, mm-hmm. um, and then I have my, my practical list here. It. Okay. Yeah, yeah, this actually did, um, I called their dad last night just to say, Hey, what'd we do right? What'd we do wrong? What could mm-hmm. we do better? And he was, um, an early detection, just being aware that thing, not to believe they're doing it, but just to, um, not ever think my child will never do that Mm -hmm. um decrease access so if you have alcohol even if you don't aren't even thinking this is going on with your teenager lock up your prescription drugs and your alcohol Mm -hmm. don't have it available in the house right um we drug tested um i asked both kids about it i think that it did have decreased peer pressure that they could at least say my parents drug testing me Mm. and it was an excuse not to it didn't change their heart but it did change their behavior right um like i said earlier communication with other parents so being open about that and um some sometimes it takes a crisis situation and sometimes that's what it has to happen Mm -hmm. to go to get through it and then i connecting and we didn't talk too much i tried to connect ross with probably every great christian man that i knew to spend time with Mm -hmm. um I still think it was great. It didn't, not everyone made a difference at that time, mm-hmm. but he, I mean, I think having other people outside of us to have mentors yeah. in their life. Yeah. And, um, and if you have a divorced household, anything like that, just keep up regular and clear communication with consistent intervention and consequences. Um, still give the appropriate, appropriate amount of freedom because they both felt stifled. Mm-hmm. I, both of my kids said that and to give grace for a fresh start when there's a mess up to be able to acknowledge it, forgive, and then give grace for a fresh start. Uh, That was an observation I had is that as a parent had to be really difficult to stay patient with those starts and stops to this whole thing. Cause like when we feel like things are getting better hard, and then just as you share your story, like, but then I came out of rehab and turned to alcohol. Sure. It was pretty discouraging at at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but a big, I'm going to say one funny thing. Riley told me, my older one said, he wished he would have utilized his grounding time to focus on his music mm-hmm. and stuff that is one-on-one. So if we could have encouraged him to, yeah. to use that time wisely. Uh-huh. But I think that's a little side note. As you're growing up, you wish you had a lot yeah, of time yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I do, talking to both boys, this should be very hopeful. Neither of them resent anything that we did. Hmm. And that was kind of crazy for me. I yeah. thought they... Because our older one was angry, so angry. Um, but both of them had, didn't say anything we did wrong, hmm. which I thought they thought we did everything wrong in the moment. But n- wow. neither of them resents us. Wow. So that's that's hopeful. That's very hopeful, yeah, as a parent, I'm I sure, mean, to know that you can come out the other side without any hard feelings. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, I think that that, that was really is affirming that we didn't. We we probably did a bunch of wrong things, but we were trying to do the best that we knew to do mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So.
Hey guys, we hope you enjoyed that episode. And as we said at the beginning, it was raw, but so much good came out of it. So much good conversation. And through our work with Teen Life, I actually get to talk to teenagers on a weekly basis who deal with drugs and who abuse drugs. And so to get a different perspective, to hear what he had to say was probably good for me as well. I hope it was good for parents or helpers who are listening to this too. But I hope you hear them say that you have to keep trying. Even if you think it's not working, not to give up. Teenagers, if you're using, keep making steps forward. It might get frustrating. Parents, helpers, counselors, don't give up on them. But keep working, keep helping. But I also think it's key to trust your kids until they give you a reason not to. But also I love that she said, you can't ever think he would never do that. She would never do that. But to be realistic and to love your teenagers, they're going to make mistakes and that's okay. But we've got to love them and be open to that as well. So we hope you enjoyed this episode. Keep listening. We've got more in this series. Once again, our music is from Under the Chandeliers and we're so glad that they let us use their music and then go to teenlifepodcast.com for notes, for anything you need to find more episodes and subscribe to our podcast. Thanks for listening.